The basketball tournament, or TBT, is the summer's best basketball-related event, and it is underway with three former Gonzaga Bulldog players set to participate. We take a look at who is in, where they are playing, while also discussing what a Gonzaga alumni team would look like, and we close out the show looking at the four Zags drafted into the MLB draft right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I also want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day as well as those of you who have checked out the show on YouTube. We are just about at 800 subscribers. The goal is 1,000. We're so close. So if you're listening to this and you have not done so yet, just go to YouTube.com, search Locked on Zags. You'll find the channel. You'll find links to every video we have done, and you can hit that big orange subscribe button. All right, we are talking the basketball tournament, or TBT, here today regarding the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So the basketball tournament, for those of you who have missed this, it is a, a summer event. It's a 64-team tournament. Uh, TBT, the basketball tournament, pretty self-explanatory name. Uh, it's an open invitational type event. Uh, the winners can win up to a million dollars. It started, I think, 2014, 2015, uh, but it has been going very, very strong ever since then. It's on ESPN. You can pick up a lot of the games that way. Many f- universities have put together alumni teams, uh, not through the school specifically, but there's teams where they have multiple different alumni representing. Gonzaga had a team back, I think, in 2015. I believe it was the second or third year that TBT existed. Team was called A Few Good Men. They played, there was a a lot of former Zags on there, Blake Stepp, Matt Bolden, etc. A lot of kind of some of the old-timey guys. I didn't do exceptionally well. They ended up losing to an alumni team of St. Mary's guys, which was very, very unfortunate. Uh, What a bummer way to to lose your team uh, in that tournament to lose to your already rival in St. Mary's. Uh, But the Zags haven't put together a team since then, and we're going to talk much more in the second segment about what that could look like if Gonzaga were or somebody were willing to step up and help put together a Gonzaga team. Uh, But for now, there are three former Zags who are participating in the event. Uh, The first one is Admon Gilder. Admon Gilder, for the second year in a row, is playing with Team Omaha Blue Crew, which is a team of primarily Creighton alumni, obviously, Admon Gilder's not a Creighton alumni. He is a Texas A&M and Gonzaga alumni, but he has participated for the last couple of years with Omaha Blue Crew. This year, they're the first of the he's the first of the Gonzaga alumni to actually start playing in TBT. Unfortunately, his team's run is already over. They won their first game against Team Overtime. They lost their second game to Team Arkansas, so they are out of the running for the one million dollars. But Gilder looked excellent. It was fun for anybody who checked this out. It was really fun to watch him play basketball again. I feel like he's one of those guys that Gonzaga fans never really got to see the full picture of. He was a phenomenal player at AM and he was great for Gonzaga. He averaged 11 points per game, kind of transitioned seamlessly to a bench role once Joe Eliai stole his starting spot. Uh, but we never really got to see the full Admon Gilder experience. It's similar to Gino Crandall, another guy who I think we 
Gonzaga fans were kind of robbed of seeing at their peak. Uh, Gilder looked excellent. He had 12 points in the in their first game, the win over team overtime. He led the team. He led this team, this group, with Doug McDermott and a handful of other very excellent Creighton alumni on it. I uh, led them in points. He had a really big three to help secure the victory for them in that game. Scored down the stretch quite a bit. Uh, and then in game two, the game that they lost to Team Arkansas, he had 20. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists for Team Omaha Blue Crew. He was quite arguably the best or second or third best player on the roster for the Omaha Blue Crew. Unfortunately, again, they did not advance beyond the second round of games this year, but very fun to get a chance to see Admon Gilder playing basketball again. Uh, I think one of those kind of what-if stories where I think the ultimately the way that it came together was great, but had Gilder not gotten hurt, maybe Joel Eiei never would have stepped into a starting role that year. Would that have impacted the next season? Perhaps that'll be another episode someday where we'll do a bit of a what-if story about Admon Gilder, Joel Eiei, that whole story. But regardless, it was nice to see him getting out and getting buckets again. Uh, the other two Zags have yet to participate with their teams. Uh, the, both of them have their first game coming up on July 22nd. First up is Kyle Wilcher, another transfer who came to Gonzaga later in his collegiate career. He is playing for Team Bayheim's Army. Huge bummer that he is playing for a team full of Syracuse alumni. Obviously, Gonzaga has had some intense games with Creighton in the past, but it's, it feels worse to see Wiltshire playing for a team in orange full of Syracuse players. Again, their first game is scheduled for July 22nd. This is a team that's been around for a couple of years. Wiltshire, of course, a Gonzaga graduate. Gonzaga alumni began his collegiate career at Kentucky before coming to, to Gonzaga. Still no Syracuse attachment there. Uh, in fact, the biggest attachment that Kyle Wiltshire has to Syracuse, according to my knowledge at least, would of course be being a member of that 2015-2016 team that Barely squeaked into the NCAA tournament before rolling through the first round, defeating Utah, number three seed at the time, in the second round, and then, of course, falling to Syracuse, who was a 10 seed. It was a 10 seed versus an 11 seed in the 2016 March Madness tournament. Gonzaga, of course, fell to Jim Beheim and the Syracuse roster. So, hurts my heart a little bit to see Wilcher playing uh, for a team that is primarily Syracuse alumni, including certainly at least a couple of players who were on that roster that defeated Gonzaga. But again, Wilcher wants to participate in TBT, and there's no Gonzaga team. I don't believe there is a Kentucky team. If there was, I assume he would be a part of that squad. Uh, so he doesn't have many other options. So here he is playing for a team in orange. And then finally, last but not least, Josh Perkins. Josh Perkins is playing for a team with probably my favorite name amongst all of the teams in TBT. That is Friday Beers, formerly called Armored Athlete. This is a team that's been around since the beginning of the throw of the basketball tournament. They are 14 and seven all time. One of the most successful TBT teams in the history of the event. Uh, so very, very good on them to add Josh Perkins, who's been having an excellent overseas career. He's most recently signed in Puerto Rico for the upcoming season. Uh, mostly unknown guys on this roster. A lot of the other teams are like all, you know, mostly former college alumni. You'll see a handful of former NBA players on those rosters as well. This is a, a group of very talented basketball players, a few guys who've gotten some run in summer league and some brief NBA experience, but there's not a, not a theme, not a group. You know, it's not like the Creighton team or the Syracuse team is kind of a, a bit more of a random grouping of guys. Uh, Josh should be one of their better players this year. He's obviously been having a, an outstanding professional career. Uh, for my money, I think the player I'm most excited to watch in TBT is Josh. I love Kyle Wilcher. I, I'm going to have a hard time watching the Syracuse alumni games 
Uh, but Josh has always been one of my favorite just former Gonzaga players to watch play. And I think getting a chance to see him in this kind of environment where it's maybe a little bit more free for all, maybe a little bit go get your shot type of thing. I think it's gonna be really fun to see what he can do uh, on that team. All right, we're gonna come back in the second segment. We're gonna stick with the topic of the day with the basketball tournament. We're going to discuss why the heck the Zags don't have a team, why Kyle Wiltshire has to play for Syracuse and Admon Gilder has to play for Creighton alumni squads when the Zags now, especially with the amount of talent they have funneled through the program over the last five years or so, it seems like they could put together a ridiculous roster. And that's what we're going to do in the second segment. We're going to take a look at what that might look like, try some realistic rosters and how they might do in this event. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love, a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listening. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. All Built Bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com now to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. And if you've ever wondered which NFL stars move the betting line the most, then starting on July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're still talking TBT, the basketball tournament here. Again, a reminder, the Zags had a squad a couple years ago. Didn't go so hot for them. The squad was primarily older alumni, guys who weren't quite as fresh. I don't want to I don't want to say anything negative about them, but it was it wasn't it wasn't a group that's going to be as competitive as some of the teams we've seen kind of crop up in recent years. But now Gonzaga has a very fresh, very large contingency of really really good alumni who are playing overseas, who are playing in the G League, who are playing in pro am tournaments around here or who are done playing but are still, you know, pretty fresh out of their time playing at Gonzaga or their time playing overseas. And I think it's reasonable to believe, without knowing, I have not talked to these players, I have not discussed the interest level in many of these guys, but so many players love to stick around the program. We see a lot of guys who live in Spokane, who visit Spokane briefly, who when their overseas seasons are over, they're here a lot of the time. And I think if you were to get enough of a group of them together, you could put together a dang good squad for TBT. So we're going to give it a shot. This is my roster, 11 man, or excuse me, 12 man roster that I put together within as much reason as I possibly could. Yeah, it would be super awesome if Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Rui Hachimura were all to join this team, but they're not going to do that. They are under contract in the NBA. There were a couple other decisions I had to make on guys who I don't ultimately think would make the decision to do this, 
but I don't know. So if you have a player that you think, hey, why didn't Andy talk about that guy? Why wouldn't he make a better player, et cetera, et cetera? Feel free to reach out to me always 100%. Score Zag score on Twitter. You can reach out at Locked On Zags on Twitter as well. Or of course, you can find me on email, andypatton013 at gmail.com. Here it is, my 12-man dream team of former Gonzaga players for Throwback or for Throwback Thursday. I see TBT in the notes. I think Throwback Thursday, the basketball tournament. Here we go, starting at center is former Zag Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams has just recently signed a new contract in Japan alongside Jeremy Jones. More on him a little bit later. Uh, Williams, the, mo- most of Gonzaga's really good bigs from the last few years are in the NBA. Kelly Olynyk, Zach Collins, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Chet Holmgren, etc., etc. The list goes on and on. And so finding a guy who is still fresh, who's still at the peak of their game athletically, who could kind of play the center role for this team was a little bit challenging more than happy with Williams. He's been outstanding in his professional career. Very good in brief spurts in the NBA. A very good overseas. Going to absolutely kill it in Japan this upcoming season. And then starting at power forward, of course, all three of the guys who are currently participating in TBT made this roster. So we're going to have Kyle Wilcher play the four position. Admon Gilder playing the one of the wing spots. I think I technically have him playing the two, but he's going to start at one of the wing spots. The other wing spot, Zach Norvell. Uh, We haven't heard a lot about what's going on with Zach Norvell recently. Uh, He he last played professionally in 2020. We did not see any statistics from him last year uh, or uh, to this point in 2022. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if he is still, if he's rehabbing from injuries, if he is trying to come back, if he has moved on from his professional basketball playing career, whatever the situation may be. But assuming he is healthy, he would be a tremendous addition to this team. His scoring ability, his tenacious defense, his outside shooting, he would be a really, really fun player to see participate in the basketball tournament. And then, of course, starting at point guard, your third player who's already participating, that would, of course, be Josh Perkins, one of the greatest and most underrated or underappreciated Gonzaga players of all time. Josh Perkins was awesome. He's a top five point guard in a school that has had a lot of really, really good point guards and getting him on this roster would be incredible. That'd be my starting lineup. Perkins, Gilder, Norvell, Wilcher, Williams. I think right there, just that group alone is going to be really darn competitive throughout this event. But including the depth that I added on the bench to this team would put them over the top to being a potential championship contender. Again, big man depth was kind of the biggest area of need for this team. Uh, The backup center here is Micah Downs. Downs isn't really a center. I think he could work if the Zags were willing to play more of a small ball lineup, have him be a small ball five, a guy who can stretch the floor a little bit. He has been continued to play professionally overseas for the last decade. Uh, He's recently seen at the crossover pro-am event in Seattle, Washington, just this week playing on that event as well. So we know he's still balling. He's still ready to go out there and play over the summer. I think adding him to a Gonzaga team would be very, very fun. Uh, Power forward, backup power forward, Jeremy Jones. Uh, Jones could kind of play the 3-4 spot. I bumped him up a little bit because, again, the depth in the front court for this roster is a little bit weak. Uh, Jones played uh, in Japan last year. He's going to be teammates with uh, with Jonathan Williams this upcoming season. Uh, He's had a very, very excellent professional career after being a surprisingly super efficient player for Gonzaga as a a preferred walk-on transfer from Rice. Uh, next up, Stephen Gray. Stephen Gray is also on the same roster as the as Micah Downs in the crossover event, the Seattle Pro-Am taking place at Seattle Pacific University. Uh, Gray is obviously an older alumni, but a guy who has continued to play professionally for the last decade. Excellent shooter, excellent defensive player, kind of the, the kind of guy who gives you a little bit of everything, I think would be 
probably contend to start or play very significant minutes if he were on this roster. And then your other two guard spots, uh, the other shooting guard, Eric McClellan, uh, Emac, one of my favorite Zags of all time, a guy who without him, I think Gonzaga's streak of making the NCAA tournament probably would have ended in 2015, 2016. He was outstanding in the WCC tournament. He was outstanding in the NCAA tournament as well. Really, really nice uh, career for him outside of Gonzaga. He's played professionally for a long time now. He's in Spokane. See him popping up a lot at Jeremy Jones's brother's store, 4 a.m., located in Spokane. He's kind of been been a Spokane guy and a Gonzaga guy for a long time, and I think it'd be really fun to get him on this roster. And then finally, uh, Ryan Woolridge being the backup point guard. Woolridge, a guy who has had a very successful career after leaving Gonzaga as well. He played for the Oklahoma City G League squad and really, really looked good there. Has continued to play really well since leaving Gonzaga after, of course, coming to Gonzaga out of North Texas. I think having him on this roster too, I mean, this is a completely stacked loaded team. I don't think that you could convince all of these guys to do this. I don't think you could convince all of these guys to join the same team, but my goodness, if you could, we would have a ridiculous top to bottom loaded roster, no breaks for the opposing teams. Any lineup, any group that you put together of these 10 guys is going to be very dynamic, very high scoring, very good defensively. I did put two more guys on the team in the spirit of kind of picking walk-on type guys or guys who were not necessarily uh, high-level players for Gonzaga. The two that I picked were Brian Alberts, who of course transferred away from Gonzaga to go play for coach Dan Monson at Long Beach State, and then Dustin Triana, who was a walk-on for a uh, four years at Gonzaga. Very, very talented basketball player. Could have played probably significant minutes at some other programs, even in the WCC, but chose to to stay at Gonzaga. And he's a coach's kid. I think he'd be a really nice addition uh, to this team as well. Handful of guys I considered, David Stockton, Silas Melson, Kyle Dranginis, Jeremy Pargo. There's others. Those are just the other names that I put down here. Uh, for various reasons, went with other names there. You may disagree. That's totally fine. Let me know why if you want to. We're happy to talk about it. Uh, I think this would be a really, really fun thing. And if I have any pull or any sway whatsoever to help try to convince somebody out there to get this team going so we can have them in the basketball tournament, uh, I'm all ears. I'm happy to help however I can. I think this would be an extremely fun uh, thing for Gonzaga fans to get together and cheer for during July when there's not a whole lot else happening in Gonzaga land. All right, we're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to talk about the MLB draft, which just wrapped up on Tuesday, featured four Gonzaga players, all pitchers getting selected, including the highest drafted Zag of all time. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag. Switching away from talking about the basketball tournament, instead going to pivot and talk Gonzaga baseball. The 2022 MLB draft wrapped up on Tuesday evening. 20 rounds. It used to be 50. It got cut down to 40. Now it has been sliced in half to 20 rounds of the MLB draft. Still got to see four Zags selected in the draft process this year. An incredible testament to what a great year they had on the diamond last year. And specifically a shout out to former guest of the podcast, Brandon Harmon, the assistant coach. And the pitching coach for the program, he is now the associate head coach. He recently was promoted to Danny Evans' old position after, of course, Evans tragically passed away from cancer this year. Uh, really nice honor for Coach Harmon. I know it's not a, the most fun reason to get a promotion, but he's more than deserving of this. And I think the, the results of this draft really are a testament to how well he has done with Gonzaga's pitchers. Starting out with Gabriel Hughes. Gabriel Hughes was the 10th overall pick 
in the 2022 MLB draft to the Colorado Rockies. 10th is the highest drafted player in Gonzaga program history. So an incredible accomplishment, incredible accomplishment there, excuse me, breaks the record set by Marco Gonzalez in 2013. Marco was the 19th overall pick by the St. Louis Cardinals at that time, still having an excellent career for the Seattle Mariners as we speak. Uh, Hughes, 10th overall, Colorado. Got to be honest, Colorado's not the best destination for pitchers. The elevation there, uh, even though they put the ball in a humidifier, they try to help mitigate some of the challenges that come with playing baseball at a much higher elevation. But uh, there's tons and tons and tons of data that pitching is really hard in Colorado. It's the hardest place in all of Major League Baseball to pitch. Uh, So that's a bit of a bummer. (laughs) Frankly, pitchers don't typically have the best numbers of their career while pitching in Colorado, but 10th overall pick, still incredible. There's no reason to believe that Hughes isn't still going to be successful just because he's in Colorado. Uh, And I think one of the most fun elements of this is that the high A minor league team for the Colorado Rockies is in Spokane. The Spokane Indians for the longest time were a Texas Rangers affiliate, but they've recently become an affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. Hughes probably won't play this season. Most college pitchers who threw a full season don't end up making their minor league debut until the following year. Teams don't really want to risk these guys getting hurt right after they drafted them. So I wouldn't expect to see Hughes throw a single inning for the rest of the minor league season. But next year, there's a very reasonable chance that his first professional innings come with the Spokane Indians in Spokane. So a lot of Gonzaga fans will get to go and cheer him on. It'll feel like he never left. He's just in a different ballpark, a little bit farther down the road in Spokane. Next up was Tristan Vreeling. Vreeling was Gonzaga's Saturday starter after Hughes was the guy who started on Fridays. So it makes sense that he was the next guy selected. He went 90 picks later, number 100 overall to the New York Yankees. Vreeling was awesome this year. He kind of dealt with a lot of bad luck. It felt like the, uh, the, the Zags were really good at winning Friday games and winning Sunday games, but they often didn't win those Saturday games, even though Vreeling pitched excellently. Uh, The Yankees developed pitching really, really well. They took a lot of arms in this draft. They're really trying to replenish their minor league systems, try to get more arms through there. I think this is a great fit for Vreeling. I think he's going to have an awesome career, and I really think that uh, the Yankees are a good spot for him, even if you're not a Yankees lover. If you're somebody who is anti-Yankees, I get it. 100% 100% evil empire, all that. Uh, but this is a good fit for him just in terms of his ability to develop as a pitcher. Next up, William Kempner, of course, Gonzaga Sunday starter. Why not? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three of them back to back to back. There was a 90 spot gap between Hughes and Vreeling. There was only a six spot gap between Vreeling and William Kempner. Kempner went 106th overall, also in the third round. All three of Gonzaga's starters went in the first three rounds of the draft. That's an absolutely bonkers stat. I know that MLB draft his history is not something that a lot of people are privy to, but that's unreal for Gonzaga to have three of their starting pitchers go in the first three rounds. That's an unprecedented thing. And again, tremendous shout out to Coach Harmon for what he has done with these guys. Uh, Kempner's Sunday starter, he was hurt for a big chunk of the season, so he actually might end up pitching a little bit for San Francisco this year because there's not as much wear and tear on his arm. That's, of course, assuming that he is healthy and that he is able to throw. If there's any reason to believe he's not healthy, I'm sure the Giants are just going to shut him down. There's not really any reason to risk that. I've seen some reports that say that Kempner, because of his his unique delivery, he kind of throws from a sidearm angle. Uh, He throws really hard. He gets up to 99 miles an hour with that fastball. Both those things kind of point towards a guy who might end up being a reliever. Teams don't typically use third-round picks on relievers unless they think that the guy has the potential to be like, 
a relief ace like a closer or one of the best relievers in baseball, there's some reason to believe that San Francisco kind of has that that plan in place for Kempner where they're going to push him quickly up to the big leagues, have him come out of the bullpen, focus on just the fastball and one other pitch instead of trying to get three or four different pitches to be successful, just two throw the 99-mile-an-hour cheese, throw a breaking ball, come from that weird side angle right here, and just blow gas by people. It's a very reasonable expectation that Kempter could be a big league pitcher before Hughes, before Vreeling. He might be the first guy to make the big leagues out of this group if San Francisco fast-tracks him in a bullpen roll. Finally, last but not least, Brody Jesse was the final Gonzaga player selected. Again, the first three guys went in the first three rounds. Jesse had to wait a little bit longer. He was picked in the 10th round of the MLB draft, 303rd overall by the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Jesse came out of the pen for Gonzaga this year. He was excellent, 48 strikeouts in 35 innings. That is phenomenal. Uh, I think the notable thing for the Reds here is they employ Kyle Body. Kyle Body is the director, the president of Driveline Baseball, which is a company based in Kent, Washington, that works with pitchers. They're a high-performance company that helps pitchers throw harder, helps them with their mechanics, all of that stuff. Uh, They've done a lot of work with Brandon Bailey, who, of course, is a Cincinnati Red and also a former Gonzaga alumni. Bailey's recently come off Tommy John surgery, back up throwing around 95, 97 miles per hour as hard as he threw prior to his time getting hurt. Uh, So for the Reds, I don't know if Jesse was a guy who went to driveline prior to uh, while he was in college prior to getting drafted. But if he was, it makes sense that they would target him. They would go after a guy who they've seen, who they have some data on, who they maybe see some ways that they can continue to make him better as a baseball player. Tenth round pick, nothing to be ashamed of right there. I think that's a really great spot for Jesse. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in Cincinnati's system, especially if Driveline has some ideas of, of ways to maybe make him a little bit better. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Really fun episode. Love talking the basketball tournament. Love getting a chance to talk Gonzaga baseball. Uh, For more stuff on this, on anything else, check out my new website, scorezagscore.com. There's more fun stuff there. There's also more fun stuff coming up later this week. We're going to talk some WCC alumni. We're going to talk more about some of the Zags playing professionally. We're going to talk about Malachi Smith and what what he is going to add to Gonzaga's roster all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you to those of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.